All right, guys, this episode is also brought to you by Hepius. Uh, of course, I've talked about Hepius before. They're your number one place to go for premium CBD products and great for first-time users because there's a WorkSafe guarantee. There's no THC in it, so you got to check them out. Go to HepiusMed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com, and uh, check them out. It's great CBD. We're also brought to you by Poddex. That's the number one way to start your podcast, guys. If you're looking for uh, interview uh, question prompts, um, episode prompts, anything like that, uh, go check out their Poddex. Um, they got some great quality material. And for my listeners, you get 10% off. So use code THINKINGPROJECT10 to get 10% off your first order. Poddex.com. Go check them out. Those guys are fan fantastic and real quick guys if you guys aren't following me on social media if you're not following me on facebook or instagram please do uh the podcast has a facebook page uh at the thinking project podcast uh, and then on instagram as well you can find me on facebook dalton jensen um, but guys check this out you can also shoot me a text and what this text does is it gives us uh, a better way to communicate so if you want to uh have me uh, try to interview certain guests, or if you want to have me ask guests some questions, um, I'll let you know when new episodes come out. I'll let you know when we've secured really big episodes. And, uh, I think it'd be a really good way for us to get the most value out of what we're doing here. So shoot me a text, 810-202-0177, 810-202-0177. Join the Thinking Project podcast community and uh, I want to welcome today's guest Jacob Munch he and I got to have a really great conversation about business about what got him started um, and he just has a really fascinating story I think a lot of people forget that most business owners don't intend to start their own business and I think Jacob's journey will show you that and uh, it was a fantastic episode to record and i think you guys will have a great time listening so please welcome jacob munch welcome everybody this is don jensen and you're tuning into the thinking project Okay, now we're recording. Jacob. Great. Cool. So tell first, tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay. So I own a business called Crystal Diagnostic Labs. Okay. Um, and what that is, is I'm a medical lab testing broker. So I go all over the country and find the latest and greatest in medical lab testing technology uh, in order to deliver it to my clients yeah. uh, in medical facilities, home health and hospice, uh, different things like that. Jeez. So how did you get into that? Like, that doesn't seem like a normal path. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people wouldn't think that would be the first thing they'd get into. It wasn't for me either. It, sure. is, it is absolutely my favorite thing ever. But, oh, that's good. Um, but uh, I did. I have no background in medical prior to this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because um, I... I never thought I'd be a business person. Um, sure. I never wanted to be in sales. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because when I was dating my wife, um, she she actually made a comment once. She said, hey, you should go into business. And I actually got offended that she, she, oh, would, she would even suggest that because like <laughs> really? that, was just, that was just never anything I wanted to do. Wow. Um, and uh, so, you know, I got my degree. I I, uh, I was a district executive for the Boy Scouts of America for a while. Abs oh, no kidding. Yeah, absolutely hated it. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, it just, I, I know some people who super love it, and, and yeah. it's, it's their jam. What, what did you have to do for the Boy Scouts? Um, honestly, it turned out to be sales. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. Um, I mean, that uh, it was um, a lot of uh, recruiting, <laughs> a lot of fundraising. Okay. Um, like recruiting boys to be Boy Scouts or recruiting like vendors or? Um, recruiting boys to be Boy Scouts, recruiting volunteers to run sure. uh, units, recruiting organizations to host units, you know, oh, and, yeah, then, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. a ton of fundraising. Right. So like you would 
like churches are are a pretty big one uh-huh. that, that would host a Boy Scout. What other kind of places would host a Boy Scout? Um, like a YMCA. Oh, sure. Um, okay, community yeah. organizations, sure, different things sure, like sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, churches were kind of the the biggest thing. Butter, yeah. yeah, the bread and butter for sure. But um, and then fundraising to get to money. Get money. Yeah. When did you get out of it? Um, after two years I was fired oh geez <laughs> um, and I mean I deserved it I was yeah. I, I, I hated my job oh geez um, and uh, and so I wasn't very good at it yeah um, yeah I, you know but I mean I was working 60 or 70 hour weeks yeah and getting paid pennies yeah nothing you know? huh? I mean it was well yeah. the Boy Scouts I mean that's probably one of the reasons they went bankrupt or at least are going through bankruptcy i haven't read the latest news on that but have you heard that oh yeah 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 they're not they're not even they're not even in the picture anymore yeah i mean i mean they're they're still going to be around probably but sure. but not as not as prominent as they used to be and, no. and honestly i mean in hindsight based on I, the i mean the council that i was a part of is sure. gone oh so, is it really like had I not been fired, I would have been laid off. <laughs> you would have been let go so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow, um, man. You know, so you went from the Boy Scouts and then. So, yeah. So um, after after being fired from that, and I want to make it clear, <laughs> I like that. I didn't I didn't leave. Like I was yeah. fired because I did a bad job. Um, I actually I actually uh, went into religious education okay. um, as a, a, a seminary teacher for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I and, like uh, it. Um, I, I went through that whole program, became a teacher, and then, um, uh, you know, was, was getting paid. And, yeah. um, you know, my, my sister, she actually came to me one day and said, hey, this guy is hiring to do some um, medical sales. And she was like, you could do it while you were a seminary teacher. Sure. And, uh, and just on the side, you know, and, and you should come and just interview, see, see how it feels, you know. And so... Yeah. I went and interviewed and uh, decided that I would do it. And after a couple of weeks, I I realized that this is this is something that I really wanted to pursue. Mm. And so I um, I quit seminary teaching and just did the the lab stuff. Um, and it was a grind. Uh, the the first. The first few months, I was the only person who made any sales at all out of Holy the entire cow. sales team. Um, the company I worked for fired the regional director and hired oh, me as the regional director. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but I mean, then the company didn't pay me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I spent several months and I got like after after four or five months and like nailing it with sales and getting tons of lab work done and samples and everything like that. I made like a thousand dollars. No kidding. Were yeah. they like a small startup? Yeah, they were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, See, unfortunately, that makes sense because a lot of startups don't have the capital or right. the or the line of credit to like cover payroll. A lot of the times, usually exactly. their margins are like very thin. Right. Well, and it was a commission only job, you know. Oh, and geez. and the other part of, of medical lab testing that's that's um, kind of an occupational hazard is that yeah. they're. There are a lot of labs out there that just decide not to pay their Jeez. salespeople. I, I learned, I mean, over the past, I've been doing this for about five years now. And uh, over the past five years, I've learned that probably four out of every five labs that um, try to get me to sell for them uh, don't mm, pay. Don't pay anything. Yeah. So it might not have been necessarily the startup. But it might have been the, the labs too, or yeah. like a combination. Uh-huh. I think it was the labs. I mean, I think that. Um, well, I mean, I think part of it is that the startup didn't understand the vetting process. Oh, geez. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they, they just got super. Every, every lab, when they're recruiting salespeople, they promise the world. Yeah, right? I bet they do. And so I think that the startup was just, and I was, I was victim to this as well. They were just sure. victim to, to, you know, having dollar signs in their eyes and yeah, saying that they're going to make money. millions yeah. of dollars and yeah. everything like this. And then they realized that the, the lab was BSing them the whole time. You like know? not paying. Holy yeah. cow. What do you do when they don't pay? <laughs> just well, scratch them off, like blacklist them or, you know, I've, I've filed one lawsuit. Okay. Um, in, in the last five years, I yeah, filed yeah. one lawsuit. I got half the amount they owed me. Jeez. Um, it was a big nightmare. Um, it was worth, I, I would still say it was worth filing that lawsuit, but with all of the other labs, like filing the lawsuits would have been a real nightmare because, um, 
I would have had to like have audits in my clients and yeah, showing, you know, yeah. what they've been producing and stuff. And obviously if I'm going to my clients and being like, Hey, I'm filing this lawsuit against oh, the lab geez. you're using, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, we're yeah. not, we're not going to use you as a, as a salesperson anymore. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. That might have like a bad idea. Well, Cause you know, <laughs> if they, if you're not getting paid, how are you going to, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. keep everything going. And how do you pay an attorney? Like, you yeah. know, in the event that you lose or you win, but they still don't pay you, Jeez. you know, you've got a ton of attorney fees. So you just, money. so you just kind of blacklist them. So yeah. after that, you just like, all right, I'm not dealing with you. So what happened was, um, I, I, I quit doing the lab sales. I started doing printing sales for, yeah. for my sister who owns our, like a family printing business. Yeah. Um, I did that for a little bit until I got an, an offer from a lab that had a salary Oh, on wow. top of commission. Oh, okay. And so I did that for a while. And after doing that for about six months, um, I just I just started to realize that this was something I could do on my own. Yeah, you, know? you didn't I, need to work for anybody. I didn't need to work for anybody. I could do this on my own. And I started figuring out like what pitfalls to look out for in the sure. lab industry. Um, and so a big part of my job is reviewing contracts with labs. Um, uh-huh. You know, I've, I've gotten really good at reading legal documents. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. And then, um, and then just working with the labs and vetting them to make sure that they are legitimate, that they're going to pay, yeah. that everything's going to work out, and then bringing them on board and, and introducing them to my clients. Um, and Interesting. It's, yeah, it's really fun now because um, a lot of my clients have – um, run into the same pitfalls where they will they will talk to somebody who promises the world with their lab and then that that rep themselves will disappear because jeez you know they because of whatever yeah <laughs> they didn't get paid or well in sales I mean in any industry is a high turnover right 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 so do you employ salespeople I don't okay um, so you just kind of run it on your own yeah that's I have, probably safe I have one assistant that I okay. use her name okay. is Crystal <laughs> I actually named the company after her <laughs> <laughs> sweet right on I, the reason why is because um, it's it's a branding thing she oh, yeah. hates it she absolutely hates that I did this <laughs> but anytime she calls somebody like she's doing a cold call or sure. anything like that and she does sure. a little bit of sales um, she uh, she calls and she says, hey, it's Crystal with Crystal Diagnostic Labs. And every time they do a double take, they're like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're Crystal with Crystal Diagnostics? And she's like, yes. Uh, I, it's named after me. I'm Crystal with Crystal. I don't even yeah. own the company. but That's, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and it makes it so that the, the clinic never forgets her. And never forgets my business. Yeah, why, yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. She hates it, but oh, I threw her geez. under the bus for the for the best <laughs> for the best interest of the company. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so tell me about um, your business journey. Like, did you ever think in your life that you would own a business, like be a full time business owner without any backup, like income? You know, it's really interesting because, um, first of all, no. No, yeah. I thought I'd be a nine to five employee, just like the rest of the workforce, sure. you know, and, and just get my two week paycheck and, and go. And believe, yeah. me, believe me, some it's, it's funny. Some days my wife loves that I own this business because I'm bringing in, you know, buckets of money. And then yeah. some, t- some days my wife hates this business because all of a sudden we're super poor again. I mean, it's yeah, a roller right. coaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, um, it's really interesting. A few years ago, uh, one of my mentors, somebody I really look up to, his name is Jerry. Um, when I was just starting out in this lab business, mm-hmm. um, he said something to me. He said, well, yeah, I mean, you do this for a little while and you kind of get to know it and then you learn how to do it on your own. And mm-hmm. uh, when he first said that to me, I was like, yeah, whatever, Jerry, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. like, I'm just going to I'm just going to work for this company. Like, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. And uh, sure enough, the guy was a prophet, you know, because yeah. um after a few years, I my eyes started to open to the fact that I could do this better than other people, yeah. and I shouldn't be relying on other companies. You know, right. they're just they're just inhibiting what I want to do, and uh, so I just ventured off and started doing it on my own. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, everything he said was was totally true. In fact, it's it's gone beyond. Um, me just owning my own business, my own brokerage. Now I have so much experience and understanding of what medical facilities are looking for with regards yeah. to labs 
that I'm actually starting to put together protocols and programs that I am bringing to labs sure. and saying, wow. here's what you need to incorporate and you'll see a massive increase in volume and mm. customer service. Wow. And so I now it's it's interesting because now labs labs are coming to me for insight on how to organize things properly in order to best yeah. uh, you know maximize their efficiency. Yeah, well I think that that like it goes with any kind of business or sales gig. Like you want to provide more value outside of things other than what you're selling, right? Right. So that you can like show people like I'm not just selling you this product, but I'm also going to help you build around that so you can sustain what I'm giving you. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you said something before, and I kind of wanted to get, like, talk to you about this. So you're in business now, you're in sales now, you love it, it's making money. Um, and it's, it is my favorite. Thing. And it's your favorite thing. Yeah. But when your wife talked to you about it, when you were growing up, you hated it. Why did, what, like, what made you growing up not like sales, not like business? I think, you know, I honestly, I think that there's a stigma around sales. Sure. Sales specifically, but yeah. also business yeah. where like, you know, people who go into these businesses are all of a sudden like only interested in money. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah. and they're scoundrels, you know, they'll yeah. do anything for a buck. Yeah. And, uh, and also, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is my, my dad owned a printing business mm -hmm. and, um, I saw the instability of being a business owner oh, yeah. all growing up. Yeah. Um, the thing I didn't see is the fact that he was still making way more money than if he were just a regular nine to five guy. Sure. The only thing I saw is the fact that while he was making way more money, Sometimes he was making tons and sometimes he was making very little yeah. and the times that he was making very little He would he would sit us all down. And he'd say, okay, we're going through a hard time That means we're going to cut this and this and this we're not gonna do this no anymore, kidding. you know and no kidding Yeah, he would he would sit down and go over like the family finances. Yeah and stuff. Yeah, that's impressive And yeah, I mean I I look up to the guy yeah. a ton for for all of his business advice and and anytime I'm thinking about doing an investment or anything like that. I talk to my you'll, dad. You'll look at him. Well, I think that that's just very um admirable and an a parenting skill that a lot of people miss like yeah. they're afraid to be open with their children because of some like phantom ghost that might you know like somebody might you know yeah. break open or whatever i don't even know because i believe in being totally upfront with my kids and, and everything about money and other things like that about everything you yeah. know yeah um and and i do as well with my yeah. kids but yeah. um but it was interesting because him him doing that opened my eyes to the difficulties of business and made me at that time made me want to yeah. shy away from it. Yeah, yeah, um, I get that. Even though now I I am I am fully experiencing the same difficulties he experienced. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But um but regardless I I now am seeing the benefits sure, to it. Sure. Um well and and I think, you know, I think the number one thing and this is something I've been thinking about uh because you know I've interviewed a lot of business owners um Pretty much that's all I've interviewed. I think I've only interviewed like one or two people who aren't business owners, but they're influencers and they got their own things sure. going on. Um, but I think accountability is the, the toughest thing for for a business owner, right? Especially now, like it, it was easier to be accountable, um, I feel like personally. Um, you know, when our parents were growing up, when their parents were growing up, it was a little easier to be accountable. But now it's so easy to not be held accountable and business. That's why business is so scary because it's all you. There's no blame in anybody else for the most part, right? Like if you didn't get, well, and, and let's say, you know, like in your case, like somebody didn't pay you, like you did everything right. Nobody paid you. What else doesn't, you know, accountability also is like, I got to move I gotta, on. I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Yeah, I got to exactly. figure out how to feed my family and it's yeah. all on me. Right. You know, it's interesting because, um, um, when you're your own boss, um, at home, um, like I've got a wife and three kids, yeah, right, yeah, and I have to work. Like if I don't work, we don't get paid, right. But I don't have a boss telling me that I have to work. Yeah. So yeah. there are times when like there's difficult stuff going on at home. Uh, you know, maybe one of our kids is sick. You know, different things like that. And the accountability aspect that you're talking about, I have to be accountable for myself and my work. And a lot of right. times, I wanna. I want to be home and nobody's stopping me. 
right um, right and and sometimes you know sometimes even even my wife is saying like well you could you could come home right now and yeah, I say, you well, could. no i yeah. i i really can't <laughs> yeah. yeah like well you and, want your house like yeah. i've got to i've got to keep working but well and it's the little things too it's accountability and it's discipline like you know you're absolutely right i could but if i start falling into those weird habits right. of like getting into that you know what i mean well and and you know it's interesting because it it puts so much more pressure on you when you're not making money oh yeah like i'm it's at real. work i'm working right we're not making i i have this future idea that yeah. we're going to make money but right now we're not and my wife is at home with three kids really struggling <laughs> and i mean you know like yeah, yeah, I feel guilty because like I I could just go get paid at a nine to five, you know? right? But then the next month we're making triple or quadruple the well, amount I would ever make at a nine to five. Yeah, you know? well, you know what's funny too is like I I get the whole nine to five thing, and it's and it's your cup of tea, right? Like I I, I really feel like you got to do what makes you happy, but like nine to five people aren't financially secure either. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter if I'm commission nine to five salary like. Salary people file bankruptcy. Nine yeah. to five people. We're all grinding. We're all grinding. <laughs> you know what same. I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody's nobody's safe. Nine to five salary commission. Nobody's safe from a an unexpected bill. You know, an experience like that, right? Right. Yeah. Furnace breaking down. You know, different things like yeah. that. And yeah. And so and so that's when it just comes back to like you just got to do you know what you love. And then you got to be smart about what you do. Absolutely, you know what yeah. I'm and and you know, some people are trailblazers who really want to do that, and other people want to want to work their nine to five. You know, I have a brother who mm-hmm. who has been in the same job, you know, ever since he got out of college. And, yeah, and yeah. he's worked there, and he's happy. Yeah, and um, you know, he he drives me nuts. Yeah, because <laughs> um, you know, we'll be talking about like home equity and different things like that, and I'll be talking sure. to him about all the investments he could do with that, and he's like, I just want to pay off my debt and be debt free, and and it, yeah. like I want to pull my hair out because right. to me, like you've got you've got two hundred thousand dollars, you could invest in all of these different opportunities yeah. that would be you know building more. Yeah. But that's you know. He but just, some he people just, wants just to want to lay back, and and lay back, and <laughs> pay off debt and be I don't happy. Care. Yeah, I don't care what happens. And um, I want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Like, I just, oh yeah. I want to invest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to you know if for those what'd you graduate in? Um, I actually graduated in. Um, I went to the LDS Business College, got a sure. two-year degree in sales. Okay. Um, ironically enough. Yeah, there you go. And then, uh, and then I went to the University of Utah, got my degree in communications. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, because you know, and, and sales, sales will give you the same thing. I went to LDS BC too, by the way. Oh, for really? Like, for like six months. BC Lions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I couldn't stay there because I had to go online because I was oh. doing a sales gig oh. uh, while I went to college. Um, and so I had to just go online, but anyway, you want your like money to grow and like work for you. And that's how money works. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can pay stuff yeah. off and just, uh, in my opinion, I mean, obviously being debt free is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're, if you're just throwing your, for instance, here's a good example. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, a long time ago, we bought some solar panels. It was the yeah. worst decision we've ever made. Um, <laughs> And we're still paying them off, even though we don't live in that house. Like that's oh, how geez. bad of an investment it was. It was yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, and and um, you know we have two options with this. I could take twenty thousand dollars. Actually, it's like fifteen. Fifteen thousand dollars, and just pay off the solar panels and be done with them. Yeah. Or I could take fifteen thousand dollars, put it in a in an investment, yeah. get a get a six percent return. And use that six percent return to continue to pay off that those yeah. solar panels over time. Once those solar panels are paid off, I still have fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and now you're getting a return. And and I'm getting a return on it. Yeah, no, it's not. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think that, but you know, it's every situation is different, right? right? But I think you're right, though. I, I'd rather have money work for you. Like I did the same thing. Took money out to start a business because I was like, I'd rather. I'd rather try and invest in myself because that's what you're doing when you have a business. You're investing in yourself. And right. I think to go back to our discussion about like why people think business is scary and sales are scary, but I think people think business is scary. Starting their own business is scary because you, ha- you have to double down on yourself. And I think a lot of people aren't ready for that because that is uh, pretty scary. Right. And you learn, you learn a lot about yourself when you have to double down on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you don't trust yourself... <laughs> 
you know, you should, you probably should be in a nine to five. Right. <laughs> right. If you, if you need somebody to be yeah. telling you what to do and when yeah. and how and yeah. everything like that, then go to the nine to five. Yeah. Well, it's, there's an, there's an immense amount of vulner, vulnerability that comes with doubling down on yourself. Right. Like, Absolutely. I got no one else to blame but me. And a lot of people want to run away from that. And that's the accountability part of it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I, 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 Fully, fully agree with that. Um, so how do you how do you stay on top of your game? How do you stay on top of your business game? You know what? I think uh, so. This would be, I would say that this would be the one piece of advice I would give to anybody who is graduating high school or college, as okay. well as okay. an answer to your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is to earnestly look at every opportunity that comes your way. Yeah, I think so. Um, not you don't necessarily have to. You don't, have, don't necessarily have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way, but you need to earnestly look at every single opportunity that comes your way. You know, if my sister came to me and said, hey, we've got this lab sales job. If I would have said no to that, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. Right. And, uh, you know, I've got lots of other, I, I've, I've started businesses that mm-hmm. have gone nowhere. You know, I've got, yeah. I've got 500 graphic design business cards in my car right now that I've, I've, I've handed out five of them and then the business closed, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. and different things like that. But for each of my failures, I have, it, it has become a success and I never stop looking at opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever get in a rut where you're comfortable and you're just, you're just plodding along doing what you're comfortable doing, then there are going to be opportunities that pass you by. Right. So that would be my, that would be how I stay sharp as a business person. And the piece of advice that I'd give to anybody who's entering the business world is to earnestly look at every opportunity. Well, I don't think that's a, that's bad advice. I think that's probably some of the best advice. And you know what? Uh, interestingly enough, um, some of the things that I've been thinking about as I've been interviewing and some of the things that other business owners have said have been exactly that, like opportunities came to them when they weren't necessarily looking for it. Like I interviewed right. a, a girl who, who owns a candy shop, never in a million years would have owned a candy shop. You know what I mean? I, I interviewed another gentleman, um, who started a restaurant chain, uh, who was a bus driver. Like he didn't start the restaurant chain until he was like 40. Jeez. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one of the most successful restaurant chains in, yeah. in Utah. I mean, I'm the same way. Yeah. Medical lab testing. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, I would never in a thousand years have guessed that I would be, yeah. I would own a medical lab testing <laughs> brokerage. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, know? yeah, you know, when, when we connected, um, and I think it was through a Facebook page that we were on, but when we connected, I thought that that was like crazy. I was like, yeah. And that's kind of my goal of every, of all of these interviews is to kind of bring those people who, who might have a profession that, you know, not a lot of people would realize because, because of that though, because of what you were talking about, that piece of advice of like, um, taking opportunities, not being afraid to say yes to something, to just hearing about something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, um, cause I agree with you, you know, you might not want to take everyone, but you never know that until you found out. Right. right. Well, and, and I mean, I, this isn't the, this isn't the only reason I did it, but, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. last month I made the same amount that I made as annually as a boy scout. Jeez. Like good. You know, so good for you. I, if I would have just stayed with the scouts, I would have been making a fraction. Yeah, of exactly. What I'm now. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Especially since they're not even doing <laughs> oh, okay. anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, with them or, but specifically, even, but, but even, even a, you know what I mean? A yeah. Comparable job. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. I, and that's what a lot of people don't get. You know, you just, I mean, it makes you, it forces you to be smarter with things that you would normally be lazy about. I, I told my wife, um, once, um, that in order to, to really gauge how much money we're making, we just have to wait till the end of the year and look at our tax return. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, um, even though, cause if we look like at the here and now, like for, fe- for instance, in February, sure. Um, we made, I think we made less than $2,000 in February. Yeah. Like yeah. it was, it was not a good <laughs> month for us. And yeah. I, I remember having a conversation with my wife and being like, you know, it's okay. Like, right, right. like even though, even though right now it looks like we're destitute and we're forever going to be destitute, it's right. okay. Wait until our tax return comes out and see that we actually made a really, really good amount of money 
but you can't yeah. just look at this one two week paycheck or this one month's yeah, income. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's why that's what I meant about being smart with things that normal people would be lazy about. Exactly. Because um, you can survive. I mean, a lot of people don't realize like you can survive making less than a grand a month um, if you if you play your cards right. Um, if you, you know, if you have your nest egg, but also if you have the hustle, right? Like I tell people all the time that, that they need to invest in skills more than, um, more than anything else in my opinion, because skills bring you the dough. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I, one thing that I always say is that the most important, um, characteristic you can have in order to be successful is adaptability. Yeah. Like yeah. being able to adapt to anything. Any employer mm, will I hire like you if you're adaptable. Yeah. And you can start any business if you're adaptable. Right. Right. I think one thing that, that people, a pitfall of being a business owner or even being in the workplace yeah. is that you you hedge yourself into like this, this you know, being a master at this one thing um, and not being versatile. Yeah, and yeah. so you get into this this work environment. All of a sudden, like let's say you're employed, and your employer says, "Hey, I need you to do this." If you're not adaptable and you're not able to learn that new thing, right, you're done. Yeah, well, adaptability, and then and then you got to like commit too, because I know right. a lot of people who are afraid, who like would have an opportunity like that, and a lot of people who uh, well, it was kind of like your story, right? Like, um, you should go start your own business, you should start your own thing, and you. You know, did you have it all figured out when you started? Not Probably at all. Not. not at all. And and a lot of people don't. So you got you can't be afraid to commit and figuring it out. Right. And can you imagine if if my you know, back when my wife and I were first dating yeah. and I made that I got offended by her <laughs> saying you should be into business. Can you imagine if my attitude throughout my entire life was sales is awful and business is awful? Yeah. You know, I I would have missed so many opportunities. Yeah. Instead of just <clears throat> instead of earnestly looking at every opportunity and being adaptable. Well, yeah, and 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 not uh, not being so hard on yourself either, because yeah. that you know change is okay. Like if you're, you know, I love that story because a lot of people think like that, right? And I've been in sales. I I don't know anything different. So I've been in sales my whole entire life, um, and commission sales. So. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't get that like sales has changed a lot. Um, but also, you know, you can't be afraid to like change your outlook on things as you go. Like, cause maybe, yeah. Cause maybe sales, you know, you get to a point in your life and maybe that's all you got. Right. Maybe that's the only people hiring. Oh, well, and the world is constantly evolving, yeah, you know, just yeah. like you said, I mean, I mean, sales back in the day where you had a little wagon that you pulled door to door and sure. you know, yeah. sold trinkets. It's <laughs> yeah, not man. what it is anymore. Right, dude. And as technology continues to advance, um, the landscape is going to continue to change. And I know that I can roll with any changes yeah. that come yeah. because I have in the past and I am fully confident in myself to be able to do it in the future. Yeah. And um, that's another thing, like you said, with the nine to five thing, it's, it's right. not guaranteed there either. I mean, no. all of a sudden a machine has your job. Yeah, exactly. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people place a lot of fear in that. And, and even to the extent where they're going, to politics and saying, Hey, we shouldn't continue to progress technologically because people are going to be out of work. Right. Well, the only reason people are going to be out of work is because they're not adaptable. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I agree with you a lot in that because, um, you know, I tell people to always keep their options open and you know what? I was having a conversation with my little brother, um, about like future and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, you might enter the workforce and, and get a job that doesn't even exist right now. Like no one, like it, it doesn't exist because we don't need it. You know what I mean? So while machines and AI can take away a lot of jobs, um, they also prov pr produce new jobs that we don't even know about in right. most cases. I mean, I mean, think of 20 years ago. Yeah. Have you, did you ever hear of, you know, social media marketers? Yeah, no way. Now they're everywhere. Yeah. Every other person yeah. is a social media marketer. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, and they're exactly. successful. You know, yeah, they, they're, they're able to make yeah. money and, and, and promote businesses and, and right. all that stuff. You know, it, I mean, I mean, it, it would be like saying right now what I want to do is I want to be a Yellow Pages marketer. Like, right. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, no, no, absolutely not. I'm going to go sell news, news, uh, what a phone book ads, yeah, phone newspaper book ads, ads and newspaper ads. That's so dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, for some people you can get away with newspaper ads cause they've, I think the newspaper industry has done a really good job. The news outlets have done a really good job going digital, right? Going digital. That's um, the but key. they had to adapt. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah, had yeah, to yeah. Adapt. they had to adapt. Yeah. I like yeah. that. For Blockbuster sure. didn't. 
Blockbuster did not. <laughs> did you know that they, uh, I read this in a book somewhere, um, but Blockbuster did a survey like when Netflix came out of the gate and uh, they were looking at whether, like Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix um, and uh, some corporate douche for lack of a better term <laughs> came to the came to the leaders and were like no we did a survey people actually like the nostalgic feeling of going into a blockbuster and running oh into their friends goodness. and picking up i was like dude you're dumb man. man no now netflix netflix it didn't take long at all before netflix blew blockbuster blew out, out of the water, water. yeah yeah then, <laughs> dude, and, so awesome. and they deserve it if that's what they yeah. thought and i'm know. and and you know what's so funny uh i was talking about this ju- because um like TV shows and stuff like that. That's a pretty interesting market to me because I was just talking to my wife about this a while ago. And it's funny enough, Disney actually did it. I was, I told my wife that there wasn't going to be any more movie theaters that you were going to get a streaming service and, and whatever streaming service they were going to release a video, a movie you were going to, you're going to have to pay for the movie. It's going to be more than a ticket. Yeah. Right. But think about it. You and your wife go to a movie theater. You spend 10 bucks on a ticket. That's a cheap ticket. 20 bucks on a ticket, something like that. And then you go buy even a little bit of snacks, you're 40, $50 for a movie night, just the movies. Um, and Disney just released that they're put, they're going to release Mulan on uh, Disney plus and they're going to charge you 30 bucks for it. And that's it. Well, and look at, I mean the global pandemic, it, yeah. you got to be adaptable with that yeah. too. And movie theaters are there. I, I just don't see them. coming back. <laughs> well, especially since Disney's doing this and right. I bet you, and I'll say oh. it now and release this po- podcast before before Disney goes out. But they'll break a re- they'll break a record. Oh, I I I, I have no doubt for yeah. sure. And and Disney is adapting. They're saying, yeah. how can we make the best of this pandemic? Yeah. And I mean, I, I was I I as a you know that business mindset and that yeah. business mentality. Obviously, medical lab testing sales was fantastic during <laughs> pandemic. But yeah. uh, I digress. Um, during when this pandemic started and when all, all these different changes were being made, I was yeah. thinking about all of the different business opportunities that could arise from this. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, grocery delivery services. Yeah. You know, um, um, uh, even even in my business, even though obviously lab testing is something that's a real focus right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, and I sell COVID-19 lab testing, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I immediately, as soon as I saw that people were gonna be stuck in their homes and quarantined, I immediately went out, I found a mobile phlebotomy service, and I partnered with them. Wow. And I said, let's get together, let's start up a, a mobile phlebotomy business. I went to my clients and I said, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to package a protocol for you where we're going to work with our mobile phlebotomists that can go to people's houses oh, and, wow. and do all of the lab testing so they don't have to come to your site. Yeah. Um, and and I, I immediately started I- implementing those things because because... I saw, hey, this is a global thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, everybody is going to have to change the way they're doing things. How is that going to affect my business? And yeah. what do I need to do to adapt? Yeah, for real. Well, no, I don't. I think that mobile phlebotomy is business is like that's killer. Going to people's yeah. houses, right? Uh, it's just like you know, I interviewed a company um, and they do mobile. De- they had a detail shop. Realized that people like car detail shop. Realized people weren't going to go to a detail shop anymore, so they tra- transitioned to, to mobile. Bought like three or four trucks, and went out and, out and they're killing it. Right, they're killing it. Yeah, my volume has skyrocketed. Yeah, since I did the mobile phlebotomy, <laughs> and I have, I have. Not only do I have, um, you know, individual homes that these people are going to. Yeah. But assisted living facilities sure. are calling me up. Yeah. Just just the other day, I had an assisted living facility that called me up and said, "We need you to do forty-seven tests." Wow. I said, great. I called up my phlebotomist, had him go out and do all 47 tests. And, yeah. um, that was a big deal. <laughs> that was, yeah, sure. That's a big deal. So, um, so do you, do you like to read? I, yeah, yeah, I do. Well, my wife's, my wife is like an ultra reader. <laughs> I am a more casual reader, but I yeah, do love to read. Yeah. What, what kind of business books do you like? Um, yeah, business books. Do you read business books? You know what? I, I like, um, my my wife actually introduces me to a lot of business books. I like that. Um, which is funny because she she is desperate to get me to read more. <laughs> she's she's the type of person who who wants to read fifty two books a year, right? Oh, so sweet. One a week. That's yeah, her goal. Sweet. And so what she'll do is she'll she'll find a book um, 
that she thinks is going to be really interesting business-wise, yeah. and she'll read it out loud to me <laughs> um, because she knows that if she just puts it in front of me, I may or may not read it. it. May or may not read it. Dude, <laughs> so sweet. the most the most recent book that we read, I can't I can't remember the name of it. My wife is going to kill me for not remembering the name of it. Um, but we read it together, and it was all about um, broadening your your um, abilities. Okay. Um, and it gave a lot of examples, like for instance, somebody in an orchestra who has grown up only playing the cello versus somebody in an orchestra who has played the cello, the violin, the, the flute, oh, yeah. the saxophone, oh, the trumpet, yeah. all these different things. And it turns out that if you do, if you, if you broaden your horizons and play all of these different instruments, mm -hmm. you're actually a lot better at that one instrument than somebody who just focuses and well, masters yeah. that one instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like what I was talking about <clears throat> earlier. And, and I actually released a video on social media, but um, skills. Like if you have a skill, like, well, think about this too. You know, you're in an orchestra, you only know one instrument, you're out. You know, if, if someone's better than you, you're done. Right. But if you know five or six or seven, or you can like, you can plug and play, you know, if somebody goes out or, you know, somebody can't show up, you're in that, you're in that orchestra forever. You're invaluable. Right. Right. And, yeah. and you can, you, again, you're, you're probably going to be better at that one instrument as well. Oh yeah. Think yeah. yeah, about, yeah. They um, all connect. One, one, one example I love is Donovan Mitchell. I, okay. The, the Utah jazz yeah. player for yeah. anybody who's not from Utah. <laughs> um, he, yeah. he grew up playing several different sports, including baseball. Oh wow. And if you watch him play basketball, he does a ton of baseball stuff in his basketball playing. That's cool. He can he can whip the ball to other people across the court at ninety miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. get him for that open shot. And yeah. and it's it's mind blowing watching him because he's got this arm that's just a cannon. Yeah, and uh, that he got from baseball. That he got from baseball. Yeah, and his his sprinting, his a lot of different things that he does stems directly from his experience yeah. as a baseball player. Yeah, well, like I said, like I said, I people need to invest in as many skills as they can get their hands on and as many of them as close together as you can or not. Like I'm an accountant, like I graduated in accounting, but I'm also in sales. Oddly enough, those two are more related than people think they are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that. That 100% yeah, is true. Accounting yeah. and sales. Oh my gosh, it's so important. I'm terrible at accounting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try hard, but <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Well, I, well, and they and people don't realize that they like they complement each other. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But you would never know that if you didn't like go get some skills. Right. Like, you know, sales and business or like um and you know what's funny? A lot of salespeople um, and this is why some people I feel like get a bad rap from sales, not only because people think they're pushy or whatever, but also because people don't realize that that salespeople usually stick to one or two industries because they're good at sales, yes, and influence and persuasion, but they're also good at helping people around those areas. You know what I mean? Like uh, I do machine sales right now. I sell big machines. Um, and a lot of the guys in there are like electricians. So like a big machine in a, in a, sh in a machine shop or like a fabrication shop has a lot to do with electricity. Sure. So these guys will be, able, you know what I mean? So they're also like consultants on this side and right. they just bring a lot of value to, to people outside of just like, Hey, do you want to buy this? Okay. Sign right here. Sure. Like that's not a sales guy. A sales guy knows, knows everything around that too. Yeah. Abs oh, absolutely. And, well, and yeah, like your I medical mean, lab testing. in medical lab testing. Yeah. Every, every, uh, acquaintance I have <laughs> is calling me up to say, where do I go to get a COVID-19 test? How accurate right. are these tests? Right. Um, wh it, what's the difference between an antibody test and a live virus test, you know, and all these, all of these things that I've become an absolute pro in. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not just a sales guy. I've become a pro at lab testing. Yeah, right? exactly. And now that I have my mobile phlebotomy service, I can say, you don't need to go anywhere to get that test. We'll, yeah, we'll just we'll come just, to you. We'll just bring it right to you. <laughs> well, I think that that's so important. And like, and I'm glad that we got to talk because it kind of just, just reemphasizes that idea that I try to like pound in people's heads. Like, I don't care if you're nine to five. I don't care if you're salary. Like, you need, like, stop putting your money in the bank uh, past a certain point. Um, right. like you once have you, your emergency yeah, fund. Yeah, once you get like three to six months of emergency funds, stop putting money in the bank because banks don't, keep your money in the bank banks invest your money in other people's businesses to make money a, and then they give you a point exactly one percent return yeah, exactly which is the worst it's great <laughs> banks don't do what we think they do yeah but i tell people all the time like once you get to a certain once you're comfortable in your savings account stop investing your money in in 
banks and stocks and like go get a skill because like you know what was cool during this pandemic um and what what i what i feel like the sales game has lost a little bit is if you know how to sell something anything if you can persuade and influence somebody you'll never be out of a job oh absolutely never be out of a absolutely job. I, I know for sure that I will always have a salary. Even yeah. if even if I had to close my, my business, I know I could I could get Do on something. Monster yeah. and I could get a at least a seventy five thousand dollar a year job yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in days. Right. Because you have those <laughs> skills and you have experience right. and like people just don't realize like ah, I've been working I have and and a college degree, I have one, you have one. Uh, I'm not a college basher. I'm not a college basher, but a college degree isn't, doesn't mean that you have a skill. Right? <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I am a college basher. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's no, all right. No, I, yeah. I think, so here's, here's how I feel about it. my wife yeah. thinks education is, is absolutely essential. And sure. I agree with sure. her. Sure. Um, sure. I think that from a philanthropic standpoint, everybody should go to college. Sure not from a financial standpoint. Right, 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 right. Anybody who wants to to learn about business? Sure. I in fact, I'll I'll make a call out right now. Yeah. Anybody out there who wants to learn about business, I will let you come shadow me for 4 years. Yeah. For free. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. And you will learn exponentially more about business oh, yeah. uh, than 100%. if you go to college and pay uh, $5 or $10,000 a semester. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know what? I I went to LDSBC, funny that you mentioned that. Um, for a sales degree, but I was already in sales. So I went to one class, a sales class, and I walked into the class and started hearing the teacher talk and they gave us this book and I was like, dude, if you ever said that to a real customer, they would punch you in the face. Or like if you ever tried to like do that to a real human being, like it would not work. So then I left and switched classes. That's because awesome. I was just like, I was just like, dude, I actually sell things to real things to real people for real money. And that would not work, man. <laughs> there have been there have been several times where um, yeah. I've had somebody who's like a, a sales mentor you yeah, know, or whatever, yeah. and they 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 give you some advice on like some cool questions to ask them to sure. that are leading and stuff sure. like that. And I've used those, and people have gotten pissed. Well, well, because they can hear it. They're they like, can dude, hear I know the sales it, pitch. Dude, yeah, I know it's canned, bro. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you have, if you know a natural sales process just a flow yeah. sales process is way better and, for and you. i think it's good to have those questions sure. and everything like that sure. to learn about them and everything like that but sure. but it's got to come from you like, yeah it does you can't yeah. you can't just rehearse something that somebody else is doing you know and <laughs> Dude, that's for real and that's what a lot of those teachers are doing whereas if you if you shadowed somebody and saw how they did it you yeah. could you could kind of have it evolve into where you're you're speaking your own language you right know? um but yeah so here's a good example um of what I was talking about with regards to college versus just mentoring yeah, somebody. Go ahead, yeah. Um, I, I really wanted to get into real estate investment. Mm. Um, and I also want to get into stock market investment. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. I don't, I don't, I'm not a pro at either of those things. Sure. It's really hard. Right. Both of those are really hard and yeah. both of those are dangerous to yeah, get into. Yeah. Right. So what I did is I went to my, I, I went to somebody I knew, um, Actually, that mentored guy, Jerry, I had mentioned before. Oh, yeah. And he's a supermarket guru. Like, that's what cool. he does. That's, yeah. that's his job. He's made millions doing it. Yeah. Um, I went to him and I said, um, let me pick your brain for a little while. Yeah. And I, and I, I spoke with him for several hours just about the ins and outs of, of market investment and what you're looking for and everything like that. And it was, right. it was enlightening it was illuminating <laughs> and it was yeah, free and it was free yeah we just <laughs> got to take your time yeah and then right after i was done with that yeah i went over to a, a guy i knew mike who is a real estate investor and he's been doing real estate investing for the last 15 years and he's super successful at it yeah and i yeah. said mike i want to get into real estate investing do you have some time to talk to me he said yes we talked for hours about all the ins and outs and pitfalls and everything about real estate yeah, investing. And I yeah. gained all of this knowledge and all of this insight on what to do to do real estate investing. Right, right. And now I feel I'm not, I'm not even, I wouldn't even call myself an apprentice yeah, yet, yeah, yeah. but I feel adequate enough to where I could dip my toe in either one of those fields. Well, and you, and that's where you get the experience. You just got to go do you it. Got, and, and, and I'm you going got, to, I'm going to jump in and you got to, you know, I'm going to lose money and you got to lose money. <laughs> well, that's the thing is people don't get it. I can spend, you can spend 50 grand on a bachelor's degree or you can lose, probably you'll lose less money and get more knowledge like doing one of those, right. but I, but you know, stocks are always funny to me. Like I, I'll, I dabble in stocks, but I like investing in businesses. 
Like I'm more of a venture capitalist. Sure. So I can have some equity and then make, and then I can have like influence on those business decisions sure. rather Absolutely. than like an email for a stockholders meeting. Right. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm on biz buy sell all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Look yeah, at yeah, those. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I know enough to where I could, I could pursue that. I just, yeah. you know, I, I want, I want that range. Yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's not a bad thing. Like I, uh, I've read a few stock books. I've read, you know, I've gotten into it. I certainly have a little portfolio just for me, just, you know, because you want to, I think you diversify a little bit. Some people think you throw all your eggs in one basket. No way. I'm not that, I'm not that kind of guy. I, I, I absolutely believe in diversity. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, um, well, and well, and here's my thing. Like every, every money move that I make personally comes from like the skills I want to develop. Like, do I want to be in it? Do I want to be a stock investor? Nah. Okay. Then I'm not going to like, if you like my portfolio, it's stupid. Like I got sure. like a little IRA, a little a right. Roth IRA. You, you get an IRA, ba- yeah, you throw stuff. it in every month. Yeah, you, baby you forget stuff. about it. Right? Baby stuff. Yeah. But like yeah. buy a business that sells something that I know about. I'm all in on that. For sure. I'm yeah. more in on that. And I got to tell you, after talking to my stock guy, I'm, I'm doing an IRA yeah. <laughs> and that's well, all, that's all I've, that's, you know, that's well, where it's ending. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring this up too soon, but like, I, I've read like the intelligent investor by William Graham. I've been through a few finance classes cause you got to go through them for accounting. And I personally don't even know how the stock, some of the things the stock market do is legal. Like half of that stuff should not even be kind of legal you in know, my opinion. I, I was talking to a friend of mine once, um, and he works in one of those big, big, um, day trading, you know, industries, yes, you know, yes. um, and he, he makes a ton of money. Yeah. He was telling me about can. this technology where you can, you can put in and pull out money yeah. in nanoseconds. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. And, and I was, and he was, he was bragging about it. He was talking about how amazing it is that you can do this in nanoseconds. And I was thinking to myself, how is that possibly helping yeah you, nothing it's fake money it's fake it's, money it's it, like the definition of fake money right is a nanosecond yeah you, like can you imagine if somebody came to your door and said hey i want to invest in your company and you say okay and you say how what can you do with a nanosecond of time because yeah, that's how long right. i want to yeah that's how long I, yeah that's what i'm saying i'd rather <laughs> i'd rather like um get in with a get in with a struggling business owner buy in help the business succeed, sure. help him make money and then pull out and go start another business. Cause I think that would be cool for me. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and from a philanthropic, from a, you know, yeah. a, a standpoint of, of you yeah. know, making a difference in the world. Right. You know, you have to help somebody. In the Absolutely. Place. Dude. Yeah. Well, Hey man, it was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. Um, I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you go. But, uh, if you could leave somebody with a, your 32nd message of anything, like if somebody was giving you an elevator pitch, um, what would your little 30 second message be? My, my elevator pitch of my business. Is that what you're asking about? Uh, life. Or life? Yeah. Give me your life pitch. Life. Yeah. If you're, if somebody wanted you to change their life on an elevator, like, and you, what would you say? You know what? I, this is, <laughs> I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Okay. Um, make sure you earnestly look at every opportunity. Yeah. The, the reason why you, you will find happiness and joy in this life is because your mind is open to every opportunity that comes your way. Mm. Doesn't mean you pursue every one of those, sure. but you earnestly look at every opportunity. I like and it. if you if you do that, you will find a lot of happiness in this life. And you'll 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 fail, you'll fall down, <laughs> but you will also succeed and find a lot of really awesome things that come your way. Dude, well thank you so much, Jacob. Thanks for being here, boss. No problem, it was great.